we've been adamant that this is just an augmentation to live fire training and it's not and it's not something that is going to replace it because we still need to to do the heat and sweat portion of of live fire training enchanted sky media From Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again on another edition of Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. Okay, here's an idea that's guaranteed to divide opinions and maybe raise some blood pressures. The Cosumnes Fire District near Sacramento, California is using virtual reality technology to train firefighters for structure fires and other incidents. Officials say the VR goggles are a cost-effective way to train on a variety of scenarios that would otherwise be expensive to create. The company that makes the system is loaning it to the fire district for evaluation. I have a lot of questions about this, and I'm sure you do too. So today I'm talking with Kasumna's Fire District Battalion Chief Rick Clark about what he thinks of the idea so far. Rick, welcome to Code 3. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's a pleasure. So how did all this come about? Searching for new training um, is always something that, you know, we kind of strive for. Um, when we were at FDIC this last year, we were in the Darley booth, and they were they had a demonstration of a fire investigation scene that they were that they were using in in virtual reality. The team that that brought them that was the river team out of New Zealand, and you know it was intriguing to kind of have that ability to sit and and teach someone in that in that medium. So we started to have some preliminary conversations with the team, and said, well, this is great for fire investigation, but have you ever thought of doing it for, say, some sort of live fire stuff or some EMS-related stuff? Um, they were obviously intrigued at the ideas we had, and, and shortly after FDIC, um, they contacted us and, and gave us some demo software, and we started to you know, talk about what exactly we were going to try and pull off. Now, what exactly do your people experience when they train with this system? So what we do, what we ended up doing is we took some rudimentary video equipment. We got some GoPro cameras from the GoPro company that are in 360, and we kind of took the firefighters' approach a little bit to it, and decided that you know these are the things that we wanted to capture. We wanted to be able to teach fire behavior and all of the things leading up to the hostile fire events of of flashover. So. We kind of, uh, we are lucky enough, the city of Elk Grove, which is one of the cities that we protect as the Kasumas Fire Department, um, took a bunch of structures by eminent domain, and we had one left that we weren't using for other training. So we kind of set it up with the concept that we wanted to capture in 360 video, vertical ventilation, 
fire behavior, um, fire attack, um, and then some search. So we got all of the video people that are in our department together and, and we kind of set forth on that path for a day. We were going to film all of these things with live fire and smoke and, and firefighters doing what they do and then send it to the river team to edit. And I think what we learned is that none of us are videographers by any means. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, what I was going to say is it's obvious how it might pay off down the road, but it must have been a major effort to try to shoot all the video you would need for VR. Yeah, it was it was it was quite an event. We had Darley came out and did some video for us in uh, with drones that that have thermal imagers attached, and then we had several GoPro cameras inside and, and a bunch of them were uh, protected by you know scba cylinders and compressed air to keep them cool so we didn't melt them there was there's a whole bunch of stuff that we tried to pull off to make it to make it as realistic as possible and still get some video content that that worked i think we did an okay job it's it's enough for us to get the, you know the concept or the idea proven that you know, that you can do some stuff with 360 video and then you can take that live footage and you can apply it in that in that virtual reality setting. Right. This is still proof of concept in, in nature, right? Oh, a- absolutely. Right. I, I think the next step that we've proven to both Darley and River is that it is a doable thing. Unfortunately, it's going to take a considerable amount of time and effort and, and of course, money to get something that is really a marketable product that is, you know, clean and really shows all of the different things that you're looking at. It's not going to be, you know, we did pretty much a one take version where, you know, we only had the house only stayed together for so long and we only had so much time with it. So what we were able to come up with is we, we have all of that, those clips and we essentially put them together and then, the instructors for our, our most recent academy, we all kind of got together, looked at the footage, and wrote a script based on how we teach in our flashover container and how we teach our fire behavior and fire dynamics lessons. And we put together about a half-hour training session in the virtual reality with their system that this system isn't just a single headset. This is a computer that runs several headsets. I think we have 25 of them. And that leads exactly where I wanted to go next, which is what can the trainees do in the VR world of, that you've created so far? Yeah, so this, the, the way that this is set up for us now, it's, um, it's instructor-driven. You can also put a monologue to it, meaning that you wouldn't necessarily have to have an instructor. But again, that's, a, that's another layer of the technology that we just weren't you know, really ready for at the time. So we, we pretty much just took the uh, script and one of our fire behavior instructors kind of leads the class. Now, the nice thing about this training is people are in a comfortable space, especially for new recruits or those people who haven't been through some fire training before, is we're, we're not worried about SCBAs and we're not worried about turnouts and we're not worried about two or 300 degrees at the floor where they're at because once people start to get uncomfortable, they, they quit learning. Right. The other nice thing about this is, is the instructor can pause, rewind, and he can annotate on the video screen that they're looking at. And, 
and, and stop and s- slow down things and, and show people exactly what we're kind of talking about. I'll be back with more right after this. Don't miss your chance to get your hands on the hottest logo wear around. Code 3 Podcast Gear makes you look good and tells the world you're a fan. Now you can wear the Code 3 logo proudly. Just go to our website, Code3Podcast.com. Click the banner and you'll be able to order an assortment of cool apparel and accessories. And thanks for supporting the podcast that supports firefighters. So it it sounds like what you have here at this point is sort of immersive video so that they can see what it would look like, but they can't actually do a whole lot at this point. No, it's it's really not them doing anything as much as them kind of sitting and and listening to the structure and getting that first-person view of exactly what the structure is talking about. The thing that we were adamant about with the river team and Darley is this isn't a replacement for anything hands-on, right? This is something that augments the training that we were currently doing. And it gave us the ability and the way we kind of tested it is we, we broke our academy into three groups and we teach using the dollhouse. Uh, we teach, you know, the fire behavior flashover container type stuff and we teach a couple different sessions of that so we get not only flashover recognition but the true just fire behavior and then we added the virtual reality in there all kind of talking about the same things in the three different groups and we rotated them around so some groups got the dollhouse first some groups got the virtual reality first and some groups got the flashover container first. at the end of it we gave them a questionnaire and said hey this is your first event so how did you learn? Where did you learn the best? Which one gave you the best idea of the concepts that we were talking about? And we kind of tabulated all that information to figure out the best way for us to teach it. Is it, you know, virtual reality first or is it the flashover container first? And, and honestly, we were a little surprised. Most people said that it was best to start with the dollhouse, go to virtual reality, and then do the flashover container last because they got a couple opportunities of that outside view where they didn't necessarily have to worry about all the SCBAs and all the other stuff. Now, given what I know about human behavior and the fact that I worked in the media for many years, I imagine you faced some pushback on using VR for training, if only because of the headlines that were written for the stories. What have the objections been that you've heard, and how how are you going to overcome them, or how have you overcome them? Well, I think that I think the biggest hurdle was the newness of it. The the second biggest hurdle was people thinking that we were going to replace hands-on training with this sitting in a classroom and not actually putting people in 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 a live fire scenario so they get to understand the dynamics of what that looks like. And I, I think in in all of the news stories and, and articles that have been written, we've been adamant that this is just an augmentation to you know live fire training, and it's not. And it's not something that is going to replace it because we still need to to do the the heat and sweat portion of of live fire training. We can't just you know sit in a classroom in in a video world to do that. And the the next step for us is then to to leave our academies, both the college academy that we've tried it in and our recruit academy, and take it out to the line folks and and really get their 
their take on it. And we're going to start with the loudest voices of the naysayers and put them in it first. And essentially say, fine, what would you do to improve it? That sort of thing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if for those people who were that much against it, please come take a look at it. I, I think for us, we we really looked at this and in some of our trials and, you know, our recruit academy is is a group of young people. It's not a group of 40s and 50 year old <laughs> folks who are at the end of their career and they they expect technology. They don't learn the same way that I learned when I started in my career 30 years ago. They learn from screens and information from the internet and, and all of this stuff. So if we can use this medium to, to help them understand the foundation of fire behavior and fire dynamics better, and they get a better foundation and a better understanding, and it becomes that they're, they're better firefighters for the captains that they work for, then it, it's worth the, it's worth the effort, um, in my opinion. So now I want you to reach over to the right and grab your crystal ball there. Let's take a look at it and tell me what you see as to how far VR can go in training. What is ultimately what you'd like to see it be able to do? Well, I, I think that the world of VR, you know, in both the reality video that we're trying to use and in the gaming type industry that, that is out there, it's really the imagination of the people who are programming and designing is, is going to be the limit. I think there's a lot of things that take a lot of effort and a lot of time to reproduce that not everybody in the fire service is going to be able to reach out and do. Not, not every fire department every year, you know, mine's been fairly lucky. We burn probably two houses a year for our recruit academies and then for our paid folks. And then we have a burn building with, with class A and class B fire rooms in it. Not every fire department is going to be lucky to be able to do that on really a quarterly basis. So this, this will give some, give people the opportunity to do some of those things that, that maybe they can only do once every three or four years. I think it has huge avenues in both the EMS world and the world that we're kind of being shoved in, which is the active shooter type world. It's very hard for you to reproduce an active shooter event and have the police department and actors and all of those kind of things be there for you to, to try and teach people what it's going to be like and how you're going to set up your systems and, and how you're going to get people in and out of buildings and those kind of things. That's something that some experts can get together, you know, essentially do a, 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 a realistic video of what that looks like. And then you can put people into those environments, add some of those noises and real stress and get people down that path of thinking of how their fire department's going to do that. All right. We'll be looking for that in the future. Rick Clark, thanks for being on Code 3 with me today. So thanks, Scott, very much. And if there's anything else we can do for you, please reach out. I'll bet you have a strong opinion on this concept, and I'd like to find out where you stand. You can leave your comments on our website at co3podcast.com slash VR. There's a link to some other info and video there as well, so check it out. And remember, you can get access to the Co3Bull sessions by making a monthly pledge to our Patreon account. If you're enjoying listening to Code 3, you can make sure we can keep producing it. It's easy. 
Head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support to join the people who are already backing the show. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I sure hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.